an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. All right, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you that I am now on Wisdom app. It is an app where we can connect and we can keep the conversation going about this week's episode. So pick up the Wisdom app. I can't wait to see you there. The, the vibrations started to come out. That's all I could see at first. And it was my only way to interpret it was with a string. I didn't, I, I just had never done anything like that before and paint or pencil or anything couldn't do it. And what I was seeing was each star, if you were to flip it up horizontally and face you from where you are to the star, that light vibration has a sound vibration too. And each one came out in these certain mathematical equations. And I suck at math really bad. So <laughs> it really forced me to like face some fears with that and started to develop all this. And ever since it's just really opened some really amazing portals for me, including these characters. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Regis Tarosi, and he is going to share with us how he creates from his soul. I mean, he didn't tell me that, but spirit did. So take a listen. He has been in the art world for over 20 years, making art from illustrations, pottery, sculpture, glass, and painting. And recently he has released these paintings that I am obsessed with. They are, they're like four guys. I can't wait to hear more about them because I have my own like little story that I tell myself about them. I personally know Regis through a friend of ours named Richie, and he just has this wonderful energy. And I just wanted to invite him on the podcast to talk about how he creates his art. So welcome to the show, Regis. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You recently moved to New Mexico, so we don't see you as much. What prompted that move? I've had a pull towards New Mexico for a long time. I came out here about 2004, worked at a camp at the Four Corners. It was an expedition camp for kids, completely off-grid, on the Anasazi Reservation, sacred land. It was just life-transforming. And wow. a lot of things happened. I have a lot of extended family through spirit and things here in the art. I came to Taos about 2016 and lived here for a couple of years. Just kept coming back and got an opportunity to buy some property as property starts to diminish and the values start to go through the roof throughout the rest of the world. Yeah. So, uh, and, and just to be immersed into both the spiritual native families that I'm a part of and ceremony and the art world. And so opportunity happened and here we are. All it. right. Yeah. I love when we were traveling through the Southwest, I love that whole area. A lot of great energy, a lot of cool energy, different energy actually intergalactic energy, which makes sense for what you're creating now. But I want to go back in time. Like what got you started in the art world? Just being born. I, I literally, <laughs> so you, you, <laughs> since you were born, that's awesome. I mean, my mom, if she was still around, but my dad could tell you since I was a child, the beginning, it was just, that's all I wanted to do. Just create art and said that I would do it. 
and I'm living it. I'm walking it, talking it, breathing it, drinking it, all of it. And it, it's just, I'm so blessed. Yeah, blessed. it really is a part of you. And I like how you have so many different mediums. I actually didn't go to art school, so I could be using the wrong word, but I feel like you have so many different ways of expressing yourself. One of the, I think it's interesting when I was reading your profile, I said illusion, and that is kind of what you create with those small structures that you build that are intricate and beautiful and like really do trick your eye. Like, I mean, you take pictures of them and they really do look real. And it's amazing that you're creating this illusion. And then now you have these paintings that are telling this whole story. And it's, I, to me, it's mind blowing how you get the energy of motion in a painting. Like I'm not normally fascinated by artwork. So I just want you to know, like, your artwork struck me pretty deeply. Like, I just, I really want to get to know the, like, I almost want to be friends with these four characters that you have and just find out what they're up to or you're creating from your soul, obviously. But how did you come up with them? First of all, they are representations in full of some guardian angels that have been with me since I can remember. That's why I I want to know them. (laughs) As I go on in life, they've started to reveal themselves a lot more and obviously being more and more connected to my spiritual path and things of that nature has opened up some realms and doors. Recently, my older sister passed away, which completely kicked the doors and the walls, everything down. Yeah. Um, I am so sorry about that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So how, how do you think that that transformed you? Unfortunately, this hasn't been the first time gone through a really tremendous family death like this. Our Mom passed away when I was 15, and so I'm 43 now. And my sister was kind of like the next mom, so to speak. She really looked like her, all those sorts of things. So it kind of was like another version of that, like revisiting yeah. what you talk a lot about with the dark night of the soul. Like, I've been through so many dark nights of the soul. Like, it's just amazing. And so that influences my art, which made me realize that really I needed a lot of chaos, unfortunately. That's how I operate. I operate with the flame, the fire, the chaos, the destruction, not so to speak, like physically, but more metaphysically. And so like these paintings just really came out. And I really asked through my elders, people that helped me, my spiritual path, where to take my prayers. And it was to ask for a lot of help. We all have these helpers. Some are in communication stronger than others. And they started to really work with me and reveal themselves to help me on this little journey that I'm going through right now. And I prayed for a different medium and a different approach to my art as I mature and moved here to New Mexico. And I love what I do in glass and it's really awesome. It pays the bills. It's a really amazing community and industry, but I've just needed something else. Yeah. You're well known around the world for your glass making. Richie's always like, man, his glass blowing is just amazing. Like he has something in his house that you create and it is really intricate and really amazing that you can create that. But I get it. As we grow, we want to change and evolve and try new things. And so you think the passing of your sister helped to initiate this new form of art? It did. I, I would say it's part part catalyst of that as well. Yes. The land here, things here, me personally, and, and that was like a trifecta. And it, the timing of it, right when we moved here, I mean, yes, it, the influences just keep pouring in and put a finger on exact moments. But you know, this has just been growing with me and it just comes out. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to do next. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, (laughs) Um, it's clear, clear as day. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I love how you are on Instagram and you take pictures 
of the process. So we can kind of follow along with you, like as you're creating it. And it is sort of telling a story in itself of just watching you create it. And then the final product also starts this whole story in your mind of like why they're all there and what they're doing. And I, I noticed that at least a couple of them, they're around fires. Are they usually around fire? No, I'm kind of, this one's kind of building the story as I go. This is sort of my journey through this too, and my relationship with these characters. So I'm kind of expressing that in the best way that I can. Dramatic light is a huge influence and that we can talk about that later, but um, yeah, you do have a, an amazing use of light. And I don't even know how to explain that, but I can tell like that it, the, the, the light causes movement or a feeling of movement. Yeah. And I feel it like you work a lot with energy. It's really where it's coming from, I think, determines a lot of that emotion, which is always the case in paintings and art. But to, to really find out where that needs to come from with what I'm trying to convey or what they're asking me to convey, it changes. It's really... And I've never done anything like this. I've done, um, I've done stuff like this, but not to this degree. Um, right. So it's, it's really brought everything that I've ever learned in other mediums as well into like one aspect, even the sculptures and then mostly sculpture because, and mostly glass because of the way light moves. Do you think that this is harder or easier or just totally different and can't even can be compared? Totally different, but it's really nice not to have something drop on the ground and break. <laughs> <laughs> I can break. imagine. Yeah, that's like, funny. And open the kiln and it's cracked to pieces or cracked and you can't fix it. I mean, I've been a part of thousand dollar pieces with people or myself that you just can't fix. And it's devastating. Yes. But you get back to do it again. Yeah, um, yeah. I bet you. So that's a good lesson, though, for learning how to let go, right? And just oh move God. on. Yeah, if you want to learn the power of letting go, blow glass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Have you ever seen what the monks do with the uh, sand? Have you ever seen any of that in person? Yes. It's pretty amazing, right? And then they just blow it away and you're like, whoa, wait, (laughs) that's too perfect, too beautiful. And that's it. And that's the beauty of like the glass industry, for instance, is that it is really delicate, fragile, value goes up. People break things all the time. We have job security through that angle, but right. there's some pieces that are worth a lot that people break and they'll never get back. But that letting go and having to move on to the next piece has helped my life. And so, and which helps painting be able to sit there and spend the time and be more analytical with what I'm doing and have the patience and not have like gas running or fire going or, mm. you know, because well, in the glass shop, the clock is ticking. Once you turn the shop on, it's like money is, it's costing me money. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have a candle and a painting in a dark room. That's probably pretty difficult to paint with just a candle, but yeah, I hear you. So when you create this either art, do you find yourself in a meditative state? Completely. I mean, the astral projection, I guess it would be a really good term for that staying grounded. So it's kind of like being a Eagle with one toe on the ground. That's exactly what I get from your painting. Isn't that what I described? How it's like otherworldly, but still a little bit grounded and has a little bit of earth aspect. Yes, exactly. And that's a really hard thing to do. I mean, it's tiring just holding on to that energy all day. It's what gets me in trouble with my my partner. She says something to me or, and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. But then I really didn't hear it because I'm not here. I'm like, I'm here. I chose of it and I have to grovel myself. Like, I'm sorry, I really didn't hear you. I'm not present. 
Yeah, I, I understand that. So sometimes when I'm giving a reading to somebody, they'll be like, oh, well, you said this. And I'm like, I don't remember that because I was not here. <laughs> I was just channeling the inf- energy and information. And I did say that about your paintings is that they remind me a lot of me, which probably that's the energy is that like one toe is here and the rest of my body's up there. So how did you pick glass blowing? That's a conversation a lot of us have in that community. I think it all shows us really in the act of silica and it's the same thing in your body, water. I mean, there's all of this going on that's in communication. We use fiber optics. So glass somehow chose me. Richie, our friend that we know mutually, is one of my best friends. And he had a friend who had to quit as a salesman for some studios in the Colorado area. And I needed, I wanted to move back. And so I got an opportunity to sell glass to earn my way on the torch. And that was in 2006. And then I was on blowing glass 2007. And I just hit it. A lot of those guys had been in that industry for a while and were very secretive still. And so I just hit the ground running and pretty much put my whole life into it. When you started creating the small, I don't even know, what do you call them? They're like small models of things, right? Is there a specific name? The miniature art. Yeah, the miniature art, the illusions, as I like to call them. What drew you to that? To be honest, I made these uh, raccoons in glass. And I, I was like, man, I got to find a place to sh- take photos of these in a really dramatic setting. And I didn't want to take them down to the alleys of Denver or in Boulder or wherever because everything was disproportionate. I got away with it when I did like the piece you saw at Richie's, the little Confucius monk that I did. Mm -hmm. I got away with doing these kind of photos outside with those pieces and we could shoot them in dramatic areas in Chinatown and LA and stuff where everything's (laughs) always been life in China anyway, so it didn't matter. But with these raccoons, it was like, well, garbage can just isn't going to look right. So I went and made this whole alleyway and started shooting my own stuff. And then I was like, man, I really loved doing this as a kid. And I always wanted to be a model maker, but my dad as a kid was like, we're not having trained models in the house. You kidding? So it gave me a way to, to really work with this medium. And I found that I was good at it and really enjoyed it. Started doing it more. Really good at doing it. I mean, I, I'm in awe of how similar or how real it looks to what you're creating. It's pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> Take us through like your spiritual journey, like to opening up to these four, what would you call them? Your, your four guides? Yeah, I would say the four guides. Like I'm really trying not to put it out there where like, these are just me and these are just mine. Like I'm, I'm trying to allow them to evoke, obviously it has through you and other people or they're feeling connections to it. So there are a lot of things that aren't, that I'm putting on them that are a little bit designed for the greater and obviously conveying artistic expression and stuff. But the, the, the two that are usually flying about, I really don't ever see them. I would say like peripheral vision, they kind of have always been there and I feel them behind them. The other two have been sort of developing more and the Kachinas here in the Southwest obviously influence a little bit of some of the design aspects to it and some of that stuff I'm pulling out of it. But for the most part, this is stuff that's come to me. Yes. Is that a native tribe? Well, the Zuni, the Zuni, the Anasazi, the Navajo, Hopi, like they, you know, mostly Navajos surrounded about the Kachina. And I, and I do have Navajo connections and people that I'm very affiliated with and friends with, but that's not something that I'm, I'm in, enveloped in. I'm more enveloped into like the Lakota community, which do not have these sorts of things. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting. This all really came about around when I moved to Taos, actually. And I had these huge experiences that were 
because Taos is like an intergalactic airport. I mean, there are things and people coming and I, entities in and out of there all the time. Wow. If you want your spirit to be taken apart into a million pieces and put it back together again, go to Taos. <laughs> and if you can live there, you're meant to be there because it will spit you out if it's not. Oh, wow. I was living out on the Mesa by myself out there, just taking care of friends, Earthship and, and working and making art. And I actually took a DMT trip by myself and it really opened up this whole portal for these to really come to life for me. And I started making them out of string art at first. Oh yeah. I saw your string art. That, that string art also has a lot of energy and motion, very similar to geometric. What, sorry, what am I trying to say? Yeah. Sacred geometry, right? The, the vibrations started to come out. That's all I could see at first. And it was my only way to interpret it was with a string. I didn't, I, I just had never done anything like that before and paint or pencil or anything couldn't do it. And what I was seeing was each star, if you were to flip it up horizontally and face you from where you are to the star, that light vibration has a sound vibration too. And each one came out in these certain mathematical equations. And I suck at math really bad. So <laughs> it really forced me to like face some fears with that and started to develop all this. And ever since, it's just really opened some really amazing portals for me, including these characters. My uncle owns one of them. That's the guy that has like the helmet and the horns. He, he was like the first thing to really show himself to me. And during that experience of DMT, I, I just like cried like a baby because it was so healing and so revealing to me that I just couldn't stop creating like eating, sleeping, showering, all the kind of stuff you have to do in your life. Just get in the way. I wish I could just create all day because I would. Well, I definitely feel that vibration and I can actually hear those sounds. There's two distinct, possibly a third that I can hear from the string art that you did. Like there's one very different sound from the other two. I know for a fact, like, cause that my wife and I, we were traveling through the Southwest and we were at Mesa Verde and I was just laying in bed trying to fall asleep. And I heard the most beautiful flute music. And I said to my wife, I was like, Fan, you know her. I was like, <laughs> do you hear that music? I said, it's just so beautiful. And she was like, what music? And I'm like, the flute music, it's, you, how could you not hear it? It's so beautiful. And she was like, I don't hear it. The land does speak to you and can reveal some amazing things. And that next day we were walking through the land just with a guide and he was saying a lot of stuff. And I was like, no, that's not true. That's not true. This is what happened. And then I was like, wow. So I guess I had a past life here and I, I understand <laughs> this area very well. That's really cool that you are so open to that. You know, I know a lot of people who go to the Southwest Sedona or anywhere else in there. Sedona has a lot of vortexes and portals and things like that. It's just kind of where it happens. I guess, yes. what is it? Area 51 is also somewhere over there. The Roswell, that's New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So the four characters, can you explain them a little bit more? Anything that you can tell us about them? I know you don't want to give away too much information about them because you want people to experience them as they are, but can you tell us any more about them? Well, four to represent the four directions. Ah. Four is just something that is with me, but it just happens. There are different aspects of tradition. You have one that is like a very traditional Pacino representing like- Is that the one that I said is the leader? No, actually the one with the horns and the, the helmet is more of like the Kachina. The one that with, flies around with the big, huge disc on his head is probably the most ancient. Yeah. So I would say if it was a leader, yeah, maybe, maybe so. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I wouldn't say anybody would follow anybody anywhere. Well, they all seem to be trying to figure it out. Like just a little bit confused, but like playing as well, which I think is really a lot about our spirit here. We, we come here and we're confused and we're trying to figure it out, but they have a very playful energy, like a child and the curiosity. And they're almost, they, I, at least I feel like they look at the fire and they're like, what is that? Or what can we do with it? And they're being creative with it. And I do love the one guy with the television head <laughs> because <laughs> I help people to reprogram their thinking. And he just brings to mind that whole aspect of the television. It tells you what to think. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that aspect and the aspect that it's always, spirit is always broadcasting, but you're just not picking. Dude, like what is with that? Okay, I guess (laughs) seriously, I swear that spirit wants me to say this. Regis, I I was coming up with some like branding stuff for my podcast and everything. and, And this was a while ago. I came up with broadcasting healing vibes. And I'm telling you, like the word broadcasting just keeps coming through all week. And I know when spirit is trying to say, broadcasting, like when when they're trying to get me, get my attention, they want me to share broadcasting, healing vibes, broadcasting, healing vibes. So here, there you go, spirit. I said it, (laughs) let's put it on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you, Regis, for letting me say that. So you were saying that guy is broadcasting what? It's a spirit, like whatever you're connected to, the the greater, like no one has any name for it or any idea what it is, whatever you believe is always in some way broadcasting everywhere it's like free energy and you can choose to ignore it and we do emotionally we're just human beings like i don't care i'm just gonna shut that off i'm gonna be mad right now but if we were to take a modern let's say make a modern kachina maybe a television would be something that like you could use as a helmet that would represent something that like we're talking about describing to thousands of years from now people to pick this up and have some connection to it and find out what it really means and i think that there's just an aspect to natural antennas and screens that you might convey something of that sort. But that was just my interpretation and my way of putting a spin on it to bring in that I'm always connected to spirit. I might think that, shoot, I'm not going to have my mortgage by the end of this month, but when has it ever really let me down? Like when? Right. In all these years, like unless I stop putting the quarters in the machine or I turn the TV off or like in a metaphysical way, spiritual way. Right. And it's really disconnected and shut off from me. And I will lose, but I have to remember that it's always there. And this one spirit represents sort of that connection. I love like, it. It's so true. You. We're always taken care of, like when we're walking it with spirit. There's another character with a cardboard box on his head. <laughs> I love him. He reminds me of the Calvin and Hobbes whole storyline which I was obsessed with when I was a kid because he could time travel in a cardboard box. I was definitely obsessed with time travel as a child. Can you tell us more about that character? That's really awesome. That's that's how you're interpreting it because there is part of that too. And that's wonderful to hear everybody's interpretation. And as an artist, you don't always want to be like, well, this is 100% my interpretation because then it kind of gives it all. Some of it, I don't even know. The box really, to me, represents the resilience of the Native peoples of this country. I'm so blessed to have been brought in in such a special way. And as a Washishu or white person, I'm really, really lucky to be on the inside of the back door. And there's many stories I could tell about that. But I wanted to represent the resilience of, like, you could give these people the hardest life, which they have. And it forced them such dire straits that they will make the best out of anything and Mm -hmm. it won't break their spirit 
So you remove all traditional stuff. Like I'll grab a box and I will paint this box and I will wear it and I will represent my spirit 100%. Like screw you for trying to tell me that you've taken it all away. I'll still make stuff out of your mess. And that spirit to me just represents that strength that like just keeps getting me up in the morning no matter what's happened in my life or if I'm doing well with my art or if I'm not doing well. Like I have to make something out of either nothing because I have no money or make like the strength of the art. And so he kind of represents that. I love it. That's all, beautiful. I've got the phones on to be like tapped in. Like <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I did I don't even remember seeing the headphones. I just keep thinking of like a childlike energy and curiosity and playfulness, the time travel aspect, as I said. And he is wearing it proudly. I you really do have that energy being conveyed, just making the best of life. I love I get that energy definitely from it. That's really cool. You hit it hit the nail on the head. I mean, very playful, very like childish, interdimensional. Exactly. There's two spirit guides, right? Or are they just all throughout, like kind of representing the two of them, like that energy travels within all of them? The two that fly around the most are old, old and new. And it's like they're working together like a yin and yang. The other two are more grounded. They are just being directed. I usually have the one with helmet and horns and, and teeth. He's always usually got water bottles in his hand these blue bottles. And some people interpreted that they were drinking. And I'm like, look, they're not drinking alcohol. <laughs> when I had this dream when my sister passed away, when he really came to me, he was literally taking all these blue bottles, which I was always told by my elder to pray over water in blue vibration of blue, the way light comes through blue, the representation mm -hmm. of water, cleansing. And so he's gathering it from the ether, whether it's gathered tears or the the pollution and like whatever and pouring it back like recycling it and just showing us that it's it's endless but if you mistreat this you're doomed and that's the same thing with inside your body so like i'm constantly putting as much good stuff as i can but i'll have something i shouldn't <laughs> mm -hmm. and that makes me human it doesn't make me i'm not right. striving to be a perfect monk or person right don't strive for perfection just strive to be the best that you can be and recognize that we will have some missteps, if you will. What kind of advice could you give to us to help us tap into our own creative spirit? It's really, really great questions for everybody, especially even people that are artists and you find lows or times where you're not as creative as you want to be, or you're looking through that breakthrough. Most of the time we're in our own way. Um, mm so guilty of that the disconnect to that you, you don't have enough or spirit isn't there to take care of you and the biggest thing really is just that fear we're held up so much by our fears because of the limitations like when somebody says oh i couldn't even draw a stick figure you're like literally i bet you could draw a stick figure right now and then yeah. they start going further like well okay of course i can draw a stick figure but like i couldn't give it clip when you could keep getting somebody to go further and they'll start to open up it's like they need permission. So give yourself permission. Like go buy a can of spray paint and just mess something up. I don't know. Like just get, break Dirty. the rules. Break, <laughs> break the rules. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it within yourself. Yeah. Be more childlike. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of us were told that we were doing it wrong or whatever when we were in elementary school. Even with my son, as much as I know, like if he creates something, 
I even find myself trying to like hold back because like, for instance, like he'll paint on something and it just takes up a quarter of the space. And I'm like, <laughs> can we fill the rest of this up? But even that I feel like, well, that's programming. That's not what he wanted to do. And so it, even as a parent who's awake and aware of like the programming that I could be putting on him or in him, it's hard. So a lot of us just experience that kind of programming growing up. And so we fear doing it wrong but there really is no way to do it wrong. And in fact, when I first started meditating, I started to draw because I felt like I should. And I started channeling my grandfather who was really good at drawing and painting. And I was shocked at what I was able to draw, like absolutely dumbfounded when I was in a meditative state, what I could draw. I would suggest if somebody's out there and they want to get creative to get into a meditative state or listen to some music, that's going to get you moving and grooving. Do you have any other suggestions? No, I, I think that's, I mean, well, I suggest many, many, many things, but I think you really, really hit it solid there. I mean, just get out of your space. Meditation is a really good thing, whatever that is for you, whether mm-hmm. some people like jog, I mean, and, and don't be afraid. This indoctrination has really got to start now with like the kids, like your kid, we have to give them permission to be creative because it's going to be up to them to solve the problems of the world that we've given them. Right. It's creative people that are going to have to do this. Totally. So stop them from drawing a cow that's pink. (laughs) (laughs) How are they going to to figure this out? So good on you for the right way. Leading by example. Well, I love being creative in many different ways. Like problem solving to me is a form of creativity. And I think that's a really good connection that you've made there. Of If, if we don't give them the opportunity to express them in alternative ways, then how are they going to think about things in alternative ways? So yeah. I, have, I haven't really thought about it that way, but it did drive me nuts. Sorry, my, my, I'm working with somebody who's like, stop saying that. She's like, you, you, you don't want to be driven nuts. I'm like, yes, words do have power. Okay, I understand. When I was teaching and the kids would be like, just tell me the answer. And I'm like, I don't want to tell you the answer. I want you to figure it out. I want you to do your own thinking, think outside the box. Let's see what you can do. And they resisted it so much. And I feel like kids today are just so programmed to like spit out the answer and not really explore on their own and, and take those steps where they could be wrong. Like they're the helicopter parenting where kids don't experience failure. It's like, that's what life is about. So let's make sure that our kids do experience failure. So they know how to get themselves out of it emotionally and physically and, and do what it takes to, to build resilience. Like you were saying to, to be happy with a cardboard box. What most people say, well, starving artists. Well, you know why most people are starving artists? One is they put the money back into their passion. So mm-hmm. if like you pay for a painting, most of the time I'm going to go buy supplies and stuff to make better, better work. But we keep telling kids these sorts of things like you're going to be an artist, you're just going to be starving. Right. And, and you're not starving. <laughs> That's no. the other thing is like a programming right there. It's not true. To be taken seriously. And I think that a lot of people automatically think anything they do creatively isn't going to be taken seriously, especially if they're going to share their emotions and stuff that's going on meditatively, spiritually, in their heart. Like it's so hard for anybody to feel accepted. And it's yeah. happening on a, on a bigger level. I do really think it is evolving for sure. Regis, it has been awesome talking to you. Do you have anything else you want to share with the listener to help them to tap into their own creative abilities? You're doing such a wonderful job bringing the right people in to allow for the different angles. Of course, I could give the million books and authors and 
things that people want to say, I think really just tap into what you have inside you and what follows you and ask, ask your helpers. Mm. They're there. It's like, they're there. They just want it. Like that is, this is how I was told. My elder said, they're there waiting to do the job. You can't just like invite them here for this party and not give them tasks. So <laughs> then they stand around and loiter, probably eat all your cheese and drink all your wine. So just give them stuff to do, you know, tell them directly what you want them to do. No I love it. Yeah. And especially we're in the 5D, a lot of us. So I'm, I'm noticing exactly how fast things happen when I say something, especially if I say I need something. Spirit's like, oh, great. Coming right up. I'm like, whoa, that was fast. And, and a lot of times it catches me off guard. I'm like, it's here already. Like, it's sort of like when you're at the diner and you walk in and they're like, here's your hamburger that you were going to order. And you're like, wait, uh, okay. What? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I am hungry. And that's what I would order. So yeah, things are definitely speeding up and people are getting more clarity and we are so supportive. And I do love that you brought that up because it is scary, especially because I, I also am a creative in a different way, obviously. But there are times where I'm like, wow, when's the next check going to show up or something like that? And Spirit's always like, we got you. Just ask yeah. for it. And I'm always like, shocked. Yeah. It's, it's so cool when you can take that leap and then you're caught. It's, it's something that I've done over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I've become so trusting and I wish everybody could understand that level of trust. It's not, I don't have a special relationship with them. That's any different than what everybody else has is what I'm trying to say is like, we can all access that and ask for help, be supported and ask for guidance, spend some time with them. I love that you, you're like channeling what they want onto the painting. It's really cool. The vibration yeah. that's coming off of it is very healing. Thank you. Thank you for recognizing that. Yeah. And, and it's funny I also, because a lot of times people say that art should be one way or another, but your art also honors the dark. Like there's an energy of like, there's some dark energy there, but there's the light energy there. And that is fantastic to bring those together in such a beautiful way and, and full of expression and light and love and curiosity and fun and all the things. Some people are afraid to go to that dark side, but you need the dark side to have the light side and the light side to have the dark side. It's yeah. cool that it's there. Yeah. Stars don't exist without space. Right. Yeah. Musical notes don't exist without silence. Just balance and all that stuff that we were just recommending and disconnect from more of this digital world and get more into yourself and the dirt, get in the dirt. All right. Well, you heard it from the expert. Tell everybody where we can find out more about you. I have a website. It's www.r3g15.com. And so it R3 looks like Regis. And yeah. Instagram at R3G15. And my glass page is the same with an underscore official after Regis. So. Cool. Yeah. And check out all his artwork because it is fantastic. It is so cool to just, the things you create are just really special and you can definitely feel that. Thank you for putting that vibration out in the world. Thank you for sharing your gift with us and everyone else and all your wisdom around creating from your soul. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for all you do and having me on here. You're welcome. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show, website or other platforms, including text, images, audio or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.